Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Open your hearts, loosen your butts, it's time for Couples Therapy! Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text, sex, regrets, or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's And welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I am Naomi. We are a real life couple. A real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, in, in quarantine, quarantine, we talk to a couple people. And today <laughs> is one of them days. We're doing a couple different things in quarantine. Yeah, it is. A it's... real life couple doing a couple different things <laughs> <laughs> in quarantine. Uh, except a live show. Yeah. The, uh, the one th- the, except stepping outside of our house. Honestly. I'll tell you, that's the one thing we're not doing. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh it was uh, there was a uh uh it was like um i don't even want to talk about th- uh this pandemic i think that was oh really coded. that's interesting i definitely didn't think that was it my laugh i was tired but it, i wanted oh. you to know that i registered the joke and was like cute <laughs> and cute it, it, it wasn't felt... like i was just like <laughs> but it's funny because it's like i'm tie tie uh uh-huh. oh it felt like a brittle housewife laugh like at a like someone at a dinner party made it uh like an off-color joke and no, no, no. she's my like, brittle housewife laugh is huh no 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 but like the like 1950s brittle housewife like <laughs> everything's going well our society's great <laughs> i really want to be a lawyer <laughs> does that feel better to you did you approve of that what was the problem i don't know what to do now Oh, Mabel. Now Ma- Mabel in the midst. You know what? Mabel misses. Mabel has new friends. And she misses them. So I, we're going to see. T- tomorrow's her third her third coffee clatch with Peanut Wait, and what? Edie. Coffee clatch? Yeah, isn't that what it's called? When like. What uh, is that? I don't know. What's a clatch? I, now I don't know. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> you like, guys, have you ever heard the phrase coffee clatch? Now I, I panicked because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, great. I used a word that I don't actually no, I thought it was just like people getting together to drink coffee and, and talk. Okay, now he's going to look it up and let's just see if it's really a thing. Well, cl- coffee clatch. Variants. Spe- okay, so uh, an informal social gathering at which coffee is served. Origin German. So I just want to know, I just want to make sure that it's clear you're not using an American phraseology. Because what we looked up, you wrote coffee clatch and it's spelled K A F. F-E-E-K-L-A-T-S-C-H. 
Yes. That's not in our parlance. No, it says, but here at dictionary.com, coffee clutch variant of the German coffee clutch. <laughs> A casual fun coffee clutch. Yeah. Well, look, I made, again, I, I think I said this before, but I made the mistake of taking German in high school yeah. as opposed to a language that might help me, you know, converse with uh, other people in America. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to converse with anybody. No. I think, you know, as a kid, my parents were like, take in case the Germans take over again. Right. You want to know what they're planning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, take it so you know what's so up. Communicate with them. You can get ahead. Yeah. Maybe have them lead them to believe you're not Jewish. As we're doing drills in a secret attic that my parents had built in our house. Teaching you how to be silent. It didn't work. You were the first to go. It was like, Andy, could you stop? You were going to get us caught out of here. Would you laugh? Mabel, tomorrow you'll you'll see Edie and Peanut again. Are you? I'm dying over the trio of Mabel, Edie, and Peanut. They are really living in their retirement community in Florida. <laughs> Mabel, Edie, and Pina are thriving. They are literally like, what, total age 40 between the three of them? I think we talked about this last week. Yeah. Oh, sorry, everyone. Quarbrain. <laughs> Quarbrain. Quarbrain. Uh, our, our brains have turned to mush uh, in this uh, in month nine. I'm out. I'm out of my mind. I'll tell you what, Naomi. I lasted, I think, eight months. I think my brain was doing well for eight months. And it was That's month amazing. nine that it, that it finally started to desiccate. I think I've been gone and only now just have like decided to lean into it. I was fighting it before, and now I've just decided to not. And just be like, what? Why don't you rewatch all of Criminal Minds? There are 15 seasons at roughly 24 episodes a season. Why not? Take me away, Agent Hotchner. You know, I just feel... Hotchner, take me away. Is that the kick guy? Yeah. Did you say kick guy? <laughs> yes. yes, the kick guy. He was fired for kicking somebody, but a poor, he also cray in general. But it's also so wild to me that he's also Greg from Dharma and Greg. That man <laughs> has been on television for over 20 years. Jenna Elfman, come on the show and spill the tea about him. Tell us. If did he kick anyone on the he, set of Dharma and Greg? Did Thomas Gibson kick anybody on the set of Dharma and Greg? Did you have to release his statements? Do we have to say That's allegedly? This was reported in the news, correct? We don't it have to say It was reported in the news. Okay, great. This isn't a Hollywood secret. Oh, my God, Andy. Hey, this Naomi. is not like a hot gossip rag podcast. <laughs> uh, sources you... say. Sources close to hey, the start. Hey, do you know what my sources say? What? Today's a great episode. Oh, my God, yes. This episode, I've just been waiting for it to come out in the world. It made me so happy. Mm -hmm. It is such a good episode. You've already heard the dulcet tones of our wonderful, amazing, amazing guests. We are sitting here with the truest power couple I've ever known, Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach. What? A TPC. Y'all, Glennon, couple. if you don't know, is an activist and author of the books Love Warrior, Carry On Warrior, and her latest book, Untamed, mm -hmm. has sold over a million copies. She's also the founder of Together Rising, an all-women-led nonprofit that raises money for women, families, and children in crisis. So she's doing good, and she is good. Abby Wambach is a two-time Olympic gold medalist, FIFA World Cup champion, and six-time winner of the U.S. Soccer Athlete of the Year Award. She's also the author of the book Wolfpack and co-founder of Wolfpack Endeavor, a leadership training program for women. I mean Glennon and Abby. Changing the world. I said, I was like, like, aren't they, don't you talk to them and you just feel like energized and you're like, yeah. yes, I am enough. Yes, I'm going to write that book. Yes. It's like so... 
unreal. Yeah. They're very, they will literally, they will lift your spirits. And I hope you feel the energy that crackles between the four of us. I think it was genuinely a joy talking to them. There are like, you know, we always have, I think we are very good at choosing guests for this show. I'll say that. Of course. I well, think we, we only pick people, people we want to talk to. <laughs> who are decent human beings who are uh, uh, a delight. Decent human being is such a, it sounds so, that's so, um, such a low bar. That no, so not low. in this, not in the world we live in. <laughs> <laughs> to me, they're beyond decent. Also, it was funny though, because this is one of them, because I like them so much. That, and they, you know, I had met them already, but you hadn't. And this is one of those interviews where I was like, Andy, don't embarrass me. Andy, you gotta win, you gotta win them over because we need, I need them. And it was one of those where I was like, and I just felt like you did really good, sweetie. I you were you looking really at me through good. your mom's eyes in this one. No, I think that's too harsh. I what I would say was I was just I was just very um. You were I was worried nervous I was going to say about, something weird. No, well, no, I already told you in advance. But I was nervous. <laughs> I was just I just found myself. You know, normally I'm not like I'm not as locked into what mm. will the person think. Uh huh. And this was one where you I wanted was them like, to like me. Yes, it was one where that. And, and you I normally don't have I, that thought. You were worried if I uh, talk about like a Nightcrawler or Gambit that I would. Yes, uh, Nightcrawler or Gambit. His two faves. Hey, where's that? Hey, Marvel. Oh, my! stop Why talking you, to Marvel. Okay? No, Marvel. Stop talking to Get Marvel. Get in touch with me. I want to write the Gambit Nightcrawler There's series. nothing I love more than when someone tells a major corporation to get in touch with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love it. It's like, I waiting by me. my phone, Marvel. Why aren't you calling me, Marvel? Or Marvel TV. I'll write that TV show. <laughs> the Adventures of Gambit and Nightcrawler. Okay, before we get into the adventures of Gambit and Nightcrawler, we want to get to the adventures of Glennon and Abby. But before we do that, we got a little bit of information okay. to give you. Okay, you know we've been teasing this for two weeks now. And it is here, baby. We have a link. You can buy Couples Therapy Quarantine Crew shirts and my dream made reality Jew Boo T-shirts. Anyway, I am super excited about these T-shirts. Uh, and uh, look, we've been talking about them forever. We've been teasing them on the show uh, for uh, a couple weeks, waiting for the T-shirt company to make the link, uh, make the online store for us. And finally, it's here. www.compressmerch.com slash collection slash couples dash therapy dot podcast. That's a lot. If you go to either Instagram or Twitter... Or the my show. personal Instagram. Or Naomi's personal Instagram. The link is there. And you can the just click on The link to it. t-shirts is there. Compressmerch.com. But honestly, we'll have the full link, the full tee. Grab your shirts, baby. I love this this uh, t-shirt company. They make a lot of, I think they're based in Pittsburgh. And they make a lot of Pittsburgh t-shirts. And the shirts that you have from them are very soft. Yes. They hold up well in the wash. Yes. And I'm well. telling you. Even on my quarantine body, they fit well. I know. Are you? What are you in there? A small? I'm a small, yeah. So then I would probably be a medium. So use that when you're deciding your sizing. Okay. Yeah, look at use our, us. Use our bodies. Look at our just, quar bodies. And just decide what you think you would purchase for a shirt. Okay. Um, the next thing again, we also said we have Jubu t-shirts. We also have quarantine crew t-shirts. Speaking of a quarantine crew, that's what I was about to do, girl. I know. I, was... I know. I know. You know. <laughs> but I was just like I was doing it. <laughs> Oh, Mabel, you are such a narc. Let us. She literally does not want to hear joy. If you laugh too loud, Mabel's like. Stop when Naomi, it. like when she tickles me, if we smooch, Mabel is a narc. You guys, every Wednesday, two p.m. on Twitch, we are live. 
twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod a beautiful hour i'm gonna rant about what i hate andy is gonna do a bit perhaps about the hall of presidents in disney world the <laughs> point is yeah, the audience seemed to like that one we're, the point is we're having fun we're loose we're calling it group we got t-shirts so join the fun okay i think we've done enough i think we've done enough business yeah, yeah. By, oh and one thing oh my god which is if you don't know what twitch is is basically YouTube for live shows and you can it's free you can go any browser just click right. on the link you go to the link it's not you don't pay anything you don't have to like join anything yes you don't even have to sign up right unless you want to like unless you want to chat in group but Which honestly we encourage no we but. love when people come together but again it's a free time it's a beautiful hour okay now 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 giving you giving you the best that I got Glennon and Abby baby roll it Naomi <laughs> turned it on. What do you mean? We hit the record button, and your energy went through the roof. <laughs> you you woke up. We be, we just woke up a little while ago. Naomi was crawling on the ground. Like stop making the zombie imagery. Okay, not, I was gonna say like the girl from the ring. Even worse. Okay, <laughs> look. Y'all, you know the period started about 22 minutes ago. Do you know uh, when that happens? I, I when you just know. like feel a cramp, and I was like, mm -hmm. all right, honey. Mm -hmm. All right, honey. Together mm -hmm. rising. Together <laughs> live. We got to get it. <laughs> I just was like, I got to turn it on. For Ab and Glenn. That's it a just means, Naomi, that you are a professional. That's right. That's Thank right. you so much. I am yes. really, really trying. You guys, I'm so grateful to have you on the pod. Um, this is just, it's what I've wanted ever since we met. And so to be able to unpack this, now you're meeting Andy. You know, when I said to Andy right before, I said, don't embarrass me. <laughs> and, you know, that's... She did. She sat me down. She gave me a very stern talking to. <laughs> Lasted about a half an hour. <laughs> I love that Abby's trying to put. Okay, Abby put up the pop screen. Mm -hmm. You guys have I, a I real. I just feel like it's hot. If we, our voices were coming <laughs> in hot, <laughs> and you know, I too, Andy, get those conversations yes, given does. to me. Uh, no. Don't embarrass me. In in not those exact words, <laughs> but like, hey, I just wanted to give you a heads up. This is kind of how the conversation is going to go. And I just want you to be prepared for it. It's just the way of marriage. Yes. Oh, we had one of those conversations this morning. Like five seconds uh -huh. ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. But if I were you, I would just hold up a medal or two. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, what you do on a soccer field applies not in marriage. Wow. 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 Applies wow. not in marriage, right? So competitiveness and winning at all costs doesn't I, work. I actually thought about this this morning. I, I, I was, I was thinking about like, obviously, I'm not anywhere. You're not an athlete of any yes kind. of any uh -huh. kind. Uh -huh. I'm not. I'm not. I was. I was trying to think. I'm like. What is the like the farthest away one right. could be from actual? <laughs> Naomi goes. You're not an athlete of any, any kind. kind. Same. It's exactly. Me too, though. You know what I mean? Like we're on the same page. We're uh, both indoor kids. Excuse me. <laughs> I uh, ride the exercise bike an hour every day while I play <gasps> Zelda: Breath of the Wild. That's so. true. Oh, That's true. Andy, Andy, I do the elliptical for an hour while I watch Bravo. So, okay. same, same. Okay. Same, two birds. Same, same. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but I was thinking, I'm like, uh, I had to like kind of like recuse myself from competitive stuff because it, uh, it got so bad. The competitive fervor, the like, the desire to crush my enemies. <laughs> um, 
And I'm wondering, like, how do you <laughs> how do you deal with that, like, feeling that has to be inside of you? Mm. <laughs> this is actually, you know, being a, an Olympian and an athlete, like, I still have that in me all the time. Like, I yeah. have to, like, for instance, when Glenn and I are, like, walking into the grocery store, um, I've got to, like, be one step ahead of her. For, for no good reason. Just walking by ourselves. Like, I always look like I'm walking by myself. Like, chasing after her. It's In the airport. It's like, like, I'm like, what if people see us? Like, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, and what I have come to learn, especially having children who also have a real competitiveness inside of them, um, being a parent has allowed me to distance myself a little bit from the <laughs> ultimate desire of being the very best in the world at every single thing that I attempt to do, right? So like when we're playing Monopoly or something <laughs> of the sort with children, I see some of my um, weaknesses in that way come out because like I said, it, it doesn't apply to real life or marriage. like. There is no winning at marriage. It's just like you stay together and that's how you, I think, win. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember last weekend when we played, oh when we had game night and we stopped playing the game that you were winning and you were ahead and you pouted for the entire rest of game night because okay. we stopped playing a game that you were winning? Because finally, finally, our family found a game that I could win. Okay. And Wait. the whole family just took their balls and went home. They were like, I don't want to play this yeah. anymore. I'm like, but I'm winning. For the first what game? time. What game was it? What was it? It's called Phase 10. I bought it because I, I had you played you Phase win. 10. Okay. And the kids just, like, they weren't really that into it because they weren't winning. And so now we will probably never play Phase 10 again. I will never have a chance at winning. I mean, our family, we do, like, we play Jeopardy games. Yeah, we yeah. like word games. But the They're kids and I like smart. Word. Words. I smart. like war. Like, mm-hmm. let's just... Like, let's just see, just by chance, if I can win this game. That is my kind of competitiveness. They're like, hmm, what is... uh, Ancient Egypt. What is ancient (laughs) Egypt is the answer. I'm like, what? No, Guys, I, hit, I hit my head against a soccer ball for many years. This so many years. Compute. No yeah. thoughts of ancient Egypt. No, I get that. I get this. So, like, I, I'm resonating on this wavelength. You're so feeling much. it. You're yeah, feeling yeah, that because yeah. it's just like it's a look. I don't want to brag, but I could have been a letterman in high school for quiz ball. I could have lettered. I could have lettered. He said. I purposely said I don't want to because I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want people to be like, "Oh, you got what were you? Uh, what'd you play? Lacrosse? What? what? I'm like." <laughs> Uh, quiz bowl. I didn't want that to be the answer, so I just said, let's not do any of this. Brilliant. Um, but like, wait, I was thinking about this. It's funny though, because like, I don't have a competitive bone in my body because mm. I, like, I remember even like in gym class, because pretty much I've been the same height since I was 10. So from kind of 10 to 14 till other people grew, it was like, <laughs> you must be sporty. And I was like, honey, I can't care. Uh, I can't care. For the listener, as Naomi was saying, I don't have a competitive bone in, in my body. I, uh, I turned uh, and I shook my head with a furrowed brow. Okay, well then explain. Uh, hey, why'd that comic get that thing that I didn't well, get? Well, no, that's jealousy. Oh. Jealousy <laughs> and competition are not the same. Um, but right, because jealousy just requires a bitterness afterwards. Yes. And competition requires dedication before and during. So Thank Naomi you. and I just like to be lazily bitter. <laughs> 
after something happens, which is totally different than putting Thank in you. effort, which is what Thank competition you. requires, right? Thank you for understanding. Yeah, I yes. get that. I get that. That's I'm way also better. I also think that I, there's a group of, of us that are marginalized, unlike you, Andy, that might not know what it feels like to not get something. And to have that, have that moment of jealousy, like, oh, I could have done that. Oh, well, Andy didn't make the lacrosse team. I mean, we had to play quiz ball. So that quiz ball, first of all, thank you. I quiz wish, ball was I the wish game. it was quiz ball. That it, oh, that's actually quiz ball? Bowl, B-O-W-L. But although. Bowl. Oh, I, would, I could play quiz bowl. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. How great what a game. Ancient Egypt. What how great a game would that have been? Because I love playing basketball to combine basketball and jeopardy okay mm. now that's the dream that's, there we the, go. that's actually wait. that's glennon and abby in a nutshell glennon. basketball plus jeopardy glennon is that's there no sense it. of like competition in terms of like uh, being like top lists of like new york times bestseller list or like are, is there any sense of, do you have a feeling of competition from that area yeah i mean i feel like <laughs> i have a healthy i feel like i have a healthy um a healthy desire to 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 win those kinds of things, maybe. Um, I, I don't, but I also would have first said what Naomi said that I don't have a competitive bone in my body. But then when <laughs> I think about that sort of thing that you're talking about, or like when I think about politics, I want to like crush everyone else. Yep. Or like <laughs> right. So like my competitiveness in terms of politics can become almost homicidal. So I yeah. <laughs> assume I assume that that is. Um, some realm of that, Well, I right? think that that also has to do with, you're not necessarily, I know from, from the looks of it, it looks like you're competing against the other New York Times bestselling authors, mm-hmm. right? But I think what it more or less describes is like your willingness and need to be, um, the amount of work that went into creating said untamed book, or right, book or whatever right. we're talking about. Um, can you turn that off? Sorry, that just like really so rang. Sorry, so sorry. <laughs> um, it's like it's it's really important, I think, to get to the bottom of this because so many women are like, oh, I don't want to be competitive, you know, because we haven't been handed um, the gift of ambition, right? We mm. haven't just been served it our whole lives and mm. like just kept feeding on it and feeding on it. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this in my, on my run this morning. It's like we actually have to keep um, reminding ourselves, like being competitive or striving for New York Times bestselling author, that is a, a, a place of mind. Like you want to always try to suggest to yourself that you deserve to be there, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you might be excluded or left off of that New York Times bestselling list, like that might be um, the same kind of food you've been eating your whole life about, you know, being marginalized, stay quiet, don't be ambitious and all that. Like, I actually feel like folks, women, especially marginalized folks, especially those who um, haven't have had to work 10 times harder to get that space, um, they have to remind themselves, okay, competitiveness is also fear of like uh, failure, right? So what happens if I don't get on that list? Or what happens if I, I, I get off of that list? I just think that women have to... Hmm. So it's easier to say I'm not competitive than to say I am competitive and try because then if I don't win, I can just be like, I'm not competitive. Yes, That's, and I didn't fail. Yes. Yeah. That's my thing fail. though, because like when I don't get it, because there is a part of me, and you've heard this person, but there are parts of me like when I'm alone and when I'm quiet, I'm like, I'm the best fucking stand-up and I deserve the things. Yes. But then when what's actually happening does not match that, mm. then it must be me. 
Do you know mm. what I mean? As opposed to like, oh, this is like a hard industry or it's so, you know what I mean? Like, or it's like, it's lawless. So then I can't let myself want those things because <sighs> if they don't happen, it's me. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's like, and yeah. I don't know if it's like, we always blame ourselves maybe because it feels like blaming ourselves is easier to control than blaming yeah. a system, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's what they've always said. When I grew up, I'm sorry, I don't mean to dominate this conversation, but it's kind of important to me. When <laughs> I grew up, whenever... Um, you know, a coach stood in front of a, a team of boys, right? And the coach said, you know, one of you out there is just like really slacking. You're not doing your part. Every boy in that locker room is like, oh, he's talking about somebody else. Hmm. And the same coach goes into the different locker room with full of girls. And he says the exact same thing. Every girl in that locker room is thinking that coach is talking directly to me. So oh, I think God. what you just said is really important. Men, when they are given the same circumstance, are like, oh, the system is really messed up. Women, and Andy, sorry, I don't mean to... It's to, okay, he understands. Yeah, women are like, oh, it must be me, it must be me. But for me, Naomi, you are the best yes. stand-up comedian. Yes, you, are. Wow. you actually are. It's just so a well. fact. You're so <laughs> funny. There's a reason why Glennon called you when, and you, you showed up for Glennon and, and her uh, campaign right now. We're so grateful. That was like the best three and a half to five minutes of my life <laughs> since quarantine started. So many people. You've been getting so many people through quarantine. Yeah, like I people. couldn't believe. I know there were so you also too. Like you guys both bring together lovely people, you know, and doing together together live and just like sort of your online community too. Like everyone there is just like we are full of love and we appreciate you. I got the best messages on Instagram. Yeah. People were yeah. literally like, "Thank you for your shining light." I was like, "Okay, Megan, well, how? <laughs> <Yes>. Thank you." <laughs> it's they are amazing. Love bugs. I know. They are love bugs. They I really mean, are. just. Just sorry, I just looked out to see how long we've been talking for about 15 minutes. Just talking to you. You both seem uh, very emotionally healthy, <laughs> very emotionally aware, uh, buoyant, buoyant. Yes. Uh, yes. Radiant. If I yes. can say this, I'm yes. not blowing smoke. I'm just like, yes. oh, talking to you like I feel lifted. I know you get and lifted. <laughs> <laughs> you get lifted. I love them. Can we be friends like in real life? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, like hang yes. out and go yeah. to dinner and do yes that. i want to come i want to hang out with like game night and the dog yes. yes you know what i mean yes. you have like a lovely i think a cream couch that i would like we to lay do. on we yeah. Do. Yeah. how i how did you how how is the word as someone who is like perpetually um well i don't know i have this weird like um dialectic between optimism and just absolute um I, I, what's worse than pessimism? Nihilism. Um, not, nihilism. Not, nihil not nihilism. I, oh, I haven't. Okay. I haven't blackpilled myself, and not like, <laughs> not like that. It's uh, uh, whatever the the tail end of pessimism before you drop off onto Reddit. <laughs> that. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> what is it like to live with these? <laughs> <laughs> to be uh, a fly. <laughs> but like. <laughs> But like, so I, I, I'm just curious about how did, how are you, how, how did you get there, get to, get where to you that were? place? Right. Cause you both have been through shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's I think like, that's why Yeah. I think we're, we are, I mean, we both have been through, um, real, real bad addiction, like almost dead addiction. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, we have been through, uh, first marriages that made us understand what we didn't want you know better um, spouses right right so i think we do have a level of 
deep kind of, you know what? It's relief that you see on our faces. <laughs> there, there's no, there's no, I really feel like there's no better human emotion than relief. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you think something bad's going to happen, then it doesn't like that beats joy. That beats yeah. love. <laughs> relief. Give me, so I think the buoyancy is relief. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel relief each day? Yeah, and it's so interesting because I think my relief is different than yours. I always, because I'm a hopeful romantic, yeah. I always felt like there was somebody out there that fit me and that would complement all the good and bad in me and mm-hmm. what I wanted. And um, that was Glennon. And so... For me, that it was just like a fulfilling of this self idea of what I wanted. And for you, you just had no, you just didn't believe in any of this shit. No. <laughs> Except, so. But like, I remember, you know, um, Glennon, you closed together live with, you, with this excerpt sort of kind of touching on Untamed and sort of the process of, you know, you talked about, I remember just distinctly seeing Abby and being like, oh, right. Um, and that being such a powerful moment for you. But I've always wanted to know what Abby's side of that was. Mm. Did you, I mean, and especially the reason why I say that is because it's very surprising to me to, me to hear that Glennon didn't believe in that shit mm-hmm. when she was having an oh moment seeing someone and then you're the, you're the romantic. <laughs> so did you have that feeling or was it a, like how, how did it actually get from oh to like, let's get a coffee. Okay, yeah, so let me set the stage. Well, actually, you set the stage (laughs) to your point, to your moment. Okay, well, we were at a writing thing. Like, Mm -hmm. it was a convention for librarians or something, so we were at a table (laughs) with a bunch of other writers. Yes. Okay, I was Mm -hmm. sitting at a bunch of writers with writers, and and Abby walked in the door, and everybody just Mm -hmm. turned to stare because it was like, it was a bunch of writers. So it was like a nerdy little party, and Abby just didn't fit in. Like, it, was it, was just, it was a quiz bowl. It was a quiz bowl. It was a quiz bowl. Yeah. And like the captain of the lacrosse team walked in. Yeah. Okay. It was like very confusing. Like like he was lost or she was lost. You know, it's like the mocking Jay had arrived at a very quiz bowl party, and so, um, and and I just had a very very strange reaction in that I had one of these freaking moments that is humiliating for me to talk about because I've never believed in romantic love one moment of my entire life. And now I have this love it first sight story that I have to keep telling. You guys, the look on Glennon's face when she says love at first sight is that she's bitten to a lemon. Is that she's bitten to a lemon. And she's like, love. Because listen, if I, five years ago, if I had heard this on this podcast, I would have stopped. Stopped. <laughs> But I actually think that's telling too. It's because I didn't have, I had never truly experienced romantic love and it was kind of painful for me to hear stories about it because Mm -hmm. I felt like it was much easier for me just to be like, that's not real Mm -hmm. than to be like, oh, I have not, I have settled for something that is not that. Uh Right. Yep. 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 So I, um, actually stood up, threw my arms out Mm -hmm. and (laughs) in a very incredibly awkward way that my family still replays now whenever they want to humiliate me. So she stood up and and put her arms as, as wide and, and stretched out as possible. And she's the only person that stands up in this table of 20, 20 people, right? Yeah. And she is, happens to be on the opposite side of the table. And this is a very long, wide table. <laughs> so what, what does one do when they walk into a room and one person stands up 
and opens their arms like you need to give them a hug, but there's this huge table with lots of people around it. And then bows. In be- I- hold on, hold on, hold on. In between, in between. And so it made it, it made for an awkward moment for me because I was like, oh, shit, I got to go over there. But I can't, like, jump over this table. So And it's kind of a tight room, so I'm, like, sidestepping behind yes. all the chairs. And she's still like this, and then... You know, she she gets a little bit nervous and doesn't know what to do, so she she kind of bows. Because Naomi and Andy, I was thinking, I'm stuck. I'm standing. I'm stuck. So I right. feel like maybe if I bow, she'll <sighs> think this is just something weird that writers do. They just bow, <laughs> like when people walk in. Like, how the hell else am I going to get back to I, my chair? Yep. <laughs> so I sidestep. I'm like, I got to get there quick because this is going to be real awkward. And it's it's probably like a thirty second like. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, yeah. hey, you know, yep. and I, we get over to each other and um, we, she asked, she said, can I hug you? And I'm like, well, that's why I'm here. You know? <laughs> that's why I came all this way. <laughs> so we hugged, we embraced and my seat was a few seats away from hers. And I remember feeling like um, the whole dinner, like that was weird. And- <laughs> That's what everyone thought. And also, and also, like, why do I want to be sitting right next to her? What's going on? And I remember having this conversation with this children's author. He he had just written a children's book, and being and just being like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, (laughs) whatever the heck he was saying. And just like my energy and focus was totally on Glennon. And afterwards, um, we had to go get on stage to go, like, you know, publicize our books. Like, all the librarians in the country were going to either purchase your book or not after this moment. (laughs) And um, for the three-minute walk from that room to the stage, the dais, uh, I just, like, unloaded my whole life story. At the time, I had just gotten a DUI. I didn't know if I was going to include it in, in the memoir that I had yet to finish that I was on deadline for. And I was just telling her all this stuff. And she just like put her hand on my arm and it was like, like lightning, like a mm. switch, like something happened. And I was like, oh, what, the f- what is happening right now? <laughs> um, and then the whole time I, and then she got up to talk and Naomi, you've, you've seen her I in mean. action. I know. Um, and it was like, I was crying and laughing and also like, this is the smartest person I've ever heard speak words ever. Uh, and one of my friends who was helping me um, out, she was, she happened to be in the audience that, that day. And she went up to Glennon unbeknownst to me afterwards. And she said, I don't know what's happening here, but something is happening. And wow. I, need, I need to get your information because I think that Abby needs you. And I don't know what that means. I don't know why I'm saying this, but... Um, and I was like, here's all my information. My <laughs> number, my phone number. What else do you need? What else do you need? And so Glennon emailed me and I didn't know any of this was happening. I didn't know mm-hmm. my, uh, you know, my friend who is helping me work out, you know, in the work world is being my assistant. I didn't know this. So two days later, she emailed me because Glennon emailed Jordan and then Jordan emailed me an email from Glennon, and that is, I guess, all she wrote. And you guys, you don't, what a lot of people don't know is we didn't see each other. So we were, we were in that room together, right? Mm-hmm. And then we, after that, just fell in love completely on emails and eventual Aww. phone calls. But we didn't see each other again until we had both completely dismantled our lives to be. Oh, so we, okay. we were never in the same room. 
Okay. Until we, so we made all of our decisions. We, I told Craig, Craig moved out. We did the whole thing and we had never been in a room alone together ever. Okay. It was very intense. Yes. That's how lesbians do things. (laughs) (laughs) I know you. I see you. And it's done. This is done. (laughs) Wait, so when, wait, okay. I have like 30 questions. That's a huge but like, generalization, by the way. No, 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 of course. But it's always true. Well, I want to go back, I want to come back to this, but I want to go back to something you guys both said about re- feeling that relief. And I'm wondering like if it's, because when I think about the relief, was it that there was some relief, like there was a script written for you and you kind of were just following what that script yes. was. And then you realized, oh wait, I don't have to do this. I don't have to like yes. whatever the like because you're Glenn, you're from Virginia and Abby, you're from Rochester, upstate, upstate New York. Yeah, good, right? good, good, <laughs> good job. But uh, are they both suburban areas, kind of? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think of the suburbs, I think of like people just following, uh, like like I th- myself. I this is the same kind of journey, similar that I had, where I was following whatever script my parents had written for me. It wasn't a bad script, but it wasn't really what I wanted. And it took me a long time to realize that's not what I wanted. And when I finally broke out of it, it was like I became myself. Yes. That's it. That's the whole. <laughs> that's the whole that's shebang. It. That's, that's life. It. That's the whole book. You don't have to read Untamed yeah. anymore. Just, <laughs> that's, it. That's, it. that's it. That's the whole Untamed. book. Done. Like you could have said it in shorter amount of words than I did. Yeah, but um, like I, no, no. But I identify with you both because I'm like, oh, I like I get that moment of relief, that kind of like existential um, becoming. I don't know. Yes. No, that's it. Yes. That's it. it that's existential becoming. Yes, <laughs> and it's like, and and also it was just this idea of you know as a writer and all that. I just felt like my whole life I was just going to be trying to make things magic. Like I was mm-hmm. just that was my I was like willing life to be magical. Like, and, and that's what every sentence, it was all, I had all this boring shit to work with. It's just like, I'm going to make this. And so then to have life come and surprise me, like, I thought, I kind of thought I was in control of making things as good as they possibly could. And mm-hmm. in my love life, it was just going to be good enough. It's going to be yep. good enough. Yep. Right? And so to have life at 40, how old was I? 42 years old. You were 40. Yeah, whatever. Come in and like... <laughs> And surprise you at 40. T- like, it just, it, it, it was such, it's such a relief to be like, yeah. oh, love is real. And I have this thing. And by the way, it's not shiny and unicorns and yeah, sunflowers yeah, 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 yeah. all the time. You know, like we have our shit. Yeah. But I don't, I don't constantly wonder if life is somewhere else anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think that you spent so much of your time trying to make your life magic and you were missing the whole thing. And, <laughs> yes. and no, in that, in that it's not making life magic. It's knowing that you are magic. Like you were the magic. And that is, and I am the magic. Do you see why I have to be around them? Do you see why I have to be around them? Because I need to be reminded... It's very Wilson Naomi. Phillips, hold on for one more day. That's the energy I'm getting from them at all times. It's like, stay strong, stay sober, stay present. And I did it. I did it, Andrew. I'm in my upper register. Now, okay, you said y'all will away for each other for like a full, like, you know, as you went and dismantled your lives. But then here's the question. When you finally got together, meaning in the same place, was it everything you hoped? Or were there oh, some growing pains as you actually... Naomi. 
<laughs> Let us discuss. This is where Abby melts and tries to pretend she doesn't exist because she can't stand talking about sex. <gasps> oh, this is, I don't even know if she was specifically talking about oh, that. I wasn't, but no, Abby, I understand because you know, Abby, I talk a lot on this podcast about being sex negative. You know, some people are sex positive. I'm sex negative. I just think it's too moist. Continue. <laughs> so I fully understand. Well, and Naomi, I've been sex negative my whole life. Like my oh. entire life, I've been like, what is this? Like what, <laughs> what, who thought of kissing? Like what, <laughs> let's, put our, let's put our tongues in each other's mouths. Like I don't get any of it. Like I don't get it. And I always felt like sex was like an oil change of a relationship. Like you just keep doing it so that you don't have problems. Cause they tell you, you'll have problems if you don't do it, you know? <laughs> So, and, and it just always seemed like a big chore and, and, and an act. I always felt mm-hmm. like I was acting. Like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to make a noise and, you know, whatever. <laughs> this is how I'm supposed to arch my back, you know, whatever. Like, this, the, the dance Okay, of that's it. enough. That's like good, good, good descriptors. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, to answer your question in a way that won't make Abby sad, um, <laughs> I, it, when we finally got together, I flew from Florida to LA. She was mm-hmm. in LA and it was the night that she was going to get this award from the ESPYs. The ESPYs are yes. like the, mm-hmm. the yeah, Oscars the sports, sports. of the sports. sports and, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so it was a big night and we, it had been what, six months Right, we hadn't seen each other for six months, but we had gone through this whole thing of just deciding to be together. And I had to fly across the the, the country. country to go into a hotel to see her for the first time, and it was the most nerve wracking. I mean, I I could like I was nauseous, like I, it was yeah. I was yeah. terrified because what if after all of this, and plus I had never kissed a girl before, Naomi. Yes, well, me. that was going to be my other question. No, this is I huge. No experience. This is no a game experience. changer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, it could have gone any way, but it did go a very good way. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Andy, yeah. It went an excellent way. <laughs> it went a way it to went, marriage. It went in a relief way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, I get what the big idea is. I get what the big deal. I remember you saying that, yeah, on the show, on stage. Yeah. Where you're like, did you know sex could be good? Yeah. <laughs> it can be fun and exciting. It was so funny because yeah. you did that and like the show because we did one in Detroit where you had to do Auntie Darlene, Uncle D, and Betty came to the show. And Naomi's Uncle D, relatives. Yes. Oh, no, they met them, I think, briefly or maybe in the whole yes, way. Absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah, we did. The listener, the listener, that's accurate. Uh, uh, Uncle D was like, well, I'm very happy they found each other. <laughs> that's like what he said at the end. And I was like, oh, you were, I was like, I was like, oh, you heard about sex. And now you're uncomfortable, uncle. And I'm glad they found each other. Like in a Aww. really same yeah. voice. We'll so take lovely. it. We'll I know. take it from your uncle. I think that's lovely blessing. It was. Then. It was. Yes. was so and it was Abby. just proof. It was just proof that Glennon, you know, she's, the, her whole life, she's like, sex was work and trying and bending and blah, blah. <laughs> And it's like, well, maybe that you just were gay the whole time. <laughs> And you just didn't even have the 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 idea that that could be even part of your life. Yeah. So you're welcome. I figured well, out. Well, like what Andy was saying, it's just like there's this path that they tell you to do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for me, it was like date this guy and be with this guy and the guy, 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 guy. <laughs> you know. And then I was like, wait, there's other options. 
that yeah. might be a better fit for me. Yeah. I mean, that's the like real, I was going to say difficulty, but beyond that, like violence of living in such a homophobic and misogynistic culture that we live in is that it obscures it like reduces the possibilities of our lives down to this i'm for the listener I'm tiny putting, little lane i'm putting my hands yes, like an inch tiny, apart <laughs> when really lane. like existence is like my hand my hands in- are as wide apart as glenn and you standing <laughs> up with your <laughs> to hug abby yeah like that's really like what our possibilities are but like it's both i think like it i i think a lot of people I don't know. I want to be like, if I'm being generous, I think a lot of people are uh, just have a lot of shit to do. So they don't don't have time to think through the existential possibilities. But also, if I'm not being generous, people are lazy. And so they're (laughs) like, oh, I just do this. I just marry this guy. And then we we have we have some kids and and then that's it. And I sit in a Barco lounger. And uh, (laughs) and it's so true. Everybody's so lazy. Like, let's do some work here. It, it's worth it. Like, people ask me all the time, like, gosh, you're so successful and you're so happy. Like, how do I get that? I'm like, it's work. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. it's every, every day, it's work. You're, 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 you're not just getting oil changes, but, like, you're working out and you're talking and you're, like, asking and you're, you know, what's the word when you each get something? Compromising. Compromising. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new word we've learned. That was perfect. Do you know what I mean? When something happens, that is a true chef's kiss. That was it. That was it. What's it called when we both get something? <laughs> yeah. But like, How it's we so, communicate. Yep. It's so difficult. I mean, was it just that like epiphany that you had that kind of like, you're like, oh, right, this script was written for me by, like, a bunch of uh, crumb bums, and uh, I'm going to write my own script. Was it that epiphany that kind of just, like, threw you off the page? Well, I feel like I had been experiencing that epiphany in different areas of my life but hadn't applied it to my personal life yet. So, like, my re- inside of religion, like, I have been Well, that's what I was going to ask. They said you were, like, because someone on the internet was, like, Christian blogger or Christian something, and I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't remember you talking about that, so I didn't know if, yeah, religion was a part of your... No, so when we... Yeah, it was and is. I mean, faith is, right? So it took me a very long time to to be inside of the kind of the religious structures I was raised in and then... And and realize, well, okay, I think that I've been put into this small lane of what faith is supposed to look like, but actually faith is a much, much, much wider... Like, faith to me has nothing to do with religion anymore. Mm -hmm, So religion was the small lane I was being... So I had you know, over time that and gender ideas of what girls are supposed to be like and what we can actually be like and, you know, political ideas of like what an Ameri- what patriotism looks like and what they tell us it is and what it actually can be. Like all of these ideas of, you know, little lanes I'd been put of put in that I felt more expansive then. Mm-hmm. Um, that I had to kind of get outside of the cultural ideas of each of those things to feel at home. So it mm-hmm. kind of when when I you know, when I first wanted Abby and loved Abby, I think of it as the first time I ever wanted and loved anyone beyond the people I had been expected to love. Right. right and right, right. that for me was the clue tying it to the other things. Like, oh wait, maybe in order for me to find a love that I can feel at home in, I have to go beyond what I've been conditioned to want and love. Right, 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 right. right. So it felt more like um, just another 
well, untaming is what we would call it. Like right, just another right. like breaking free from that existing structure. Just finally in my own life, instead of just these like ideas of religion and gender, it was like, <laughs> oh my God, it's now it's my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. While I let that sink in, we're going to take a quick break. Cause I realized we have just been talking for 900 years and we had to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds, and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. And, and we're back. back. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ab, you know, Glennon is obviously going through this, and she's like, I am untamed. But I think it's very, um, I would say that, I would assume people would think about you given that you were an athlete and you were kind of like, you know, you've got like wolf pack mentality that you weren't somebody who was stuck in a lane. But did yeah. you feel like you were? Um, <clears throat> in some ways, yes. Yeah. So I think that there are parts of who I am and who I have become as a as an athlete that – um, you know, for instance, it's it's kind of how Wolfpack, the book that I wrote, um, kind of got started. Like, I would do something and Glennon would be like, why did you do that? <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't know. That's just what I do. Like, I made a mistake and I'm like, I'm going to try to use it and make it better. Um, the way that I talk to the kids and try to, like, influence them and um, in the way that they can, like, cheer on their teammates, you know. And some of these things... Um, some of these ways in which women especially are conditioned to operate and behave, I kind of beat out of myself over mm -hmm. the 30 year career that I had on the sports field. And in terms of translation into my personal life, 
that is where <clears throat> for me the evolution has I mean truly I feel like I started to live for the first time when Glenn and I start, first met right mm-hmm. so I'm like a month sober when we when we first met I feel like okay no know, major changes my god yeah right this is so, huge a so, month in yeah and so now as you know I'm I'm four and a half years sober it's like oh I had so many parts of my professional life and some of my personal life that like works so well in terms of like this untaming like the way that we see the world the way that we operate but I too am still so conditioned, right? Like mm-hmm. even though we learn, we learn a lesson. I mean, yeah. don't you feel like you keep having to relearn the same damn thing over and over Every and day. over and yeah. over again? <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, no, yeah. I deserve this. Like I deserve this. I earned this. I, I wasn't given this. I earned this. I wasn't given this. It's like so frustrating. And so watching Glennon go through the process um, of, and, and what makes her so magic and special is that Glennon can take such a complicated philosophical idea and make it understandable for the rest of us okay mm-hmm. you know the idea of of us having been taught lessons and born into cages that we didn't choose to be right mm-hmm. that power has put us women marginalized folks into these cages and into these boxes right so that they can keep power and i think that it's every person's individual uh, desire and, and need to try to find the keys for themselves to unlock and to, to move forward. So I had some stuff that I had already like figured out, mm-hmm. uh, but in my personal life, she just helped me evolve and continues to do so. You know, like I, I interrupt people less now. <laughs> I, was gonna... I get that. That is real. That is a journey Andrew and I went on. <laughs> I have been like, you have to let him finish. We have just like a little, we have a little touch we do. Like oh, sometimes like we're under, we under, we tell us, Naomi and help. Andy, tell us about the touch because I have tried everything and the touch <laughs> she seems, she feels is too aggressive and like controlling. Okay, okay yeah, yeah, because yeah. the touch that we're talking about is under the table, knee yep. squeeze. Knee squeeze. That okay. is like so freaking passive aggressive. Uh, okay. Tell really, me, tell that's me. aggressive. This yeah, is that's aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> Yes, this is why this is couples therapy. Help us. Because <laughs> you do you do more of like a uh, a pressurized leg on leg. Yes, so like I don't mm. grab the knee. I just kind of lean my knee into his. You know, just like it's, a little in. A little, just, a little tap. It does make me aware. And yeah. sometimes she's right. She's not always right. Yeah. Sometimes she's wrong <laughs> about whether I need to stop or not. Sometimes, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this though. Uh, I think the knee, it, it says more about Naomi than it says about me. It says about her being uncomfortable in a certain moment. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, so. she's uncomfortable because she's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, you, Glendon. Yes, yes because she's... A, Oprah's she's, book club said yes. I was right. So, yes, I'm right. <laughs> no, and to be fair, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm team Naomi in general I mean, about this, I mean, especially I will. interrupting. <laughs> I don't know. I have such a problem with interrupting of any kind. Like I experience it as almost like a violent thing. Trauma. Like it's, it's traumatic to me. Like mm-hmm. when someone's speaking, I think words are so important to me. People showing themselves are so important to me that when someone cuts someone else off, it is deeply upsetting yeah. to me. Yeah. I, I, I wonder also if it's, if it is also a gendered thing where, the, uh, 
it is like uh, like well, men are supposed to interrupt and they're supposed to like put their ideas forth. And there is this kind. There is like uh, when it's read through like a gendered lens, it's like well, no, you're now erasing. I'm speaking as a woman. You're now erasing what, oh, what I'm trying to say. Please. Mm-hmm. No, no, dude, that's, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like playing. Yeah, the no, I hear you. That's like, right. you're, like, like yeah, as yeah, yeah. a guy, I am, not, I am, um, my, my idea is more important when for me, like just personally experiencing it, my brain is so like flighty. I interrupt because like, if I don't, the idea is gone. And I'm so excited. Yeah, I was gonna say it's excited. He gets excited. I'm so excited. Like, he went, I, yeah, he I'm so excited like, that I'm like, oh, oh, what about this? <laughs> and, and then, uh, but I, I, I don't mean it to be a kind of like my idea is better than your idea. It's that it's I'm so excited about this idea. If I don't yes. say it, my brain is so like. And <laughs> yes. I see you. I see you so. I <laughs> see you, you so deeply you. right now. She is so excited too. And we talk about like, okay, so is the art of conversation? Is conversation about saying every single thing? Like, because sometimes you have to let go of an idea to go with the flow of a conversation. Like, yes. you you actually might not be able to say every single thing. Nobody because right, so so that so it's a flow, and you have to surrender to it. Like there might be some moments where you're like, damn, I just didn't get to say that thing. And, and now we have to move on. Yes. Right? And now so we, we have on. a, we have an 11 year old who hasn't figured this out yet. So we will be talking about something, right? We will be talking about a TV show. And then the conversation goes on and 27 minutes later, she finally finds her time to talk and she goes back and talks about the TV show because she has been holding that thought yes. for 27 minutes yes. right? and has missed the entire rest of the conversation because she hasn't learned the surrender part of the flow. This right? is where competitiveness probably steers me wrong. Well, I have wondered if I should give Abby like stacks of <clears throat> index cards. So that like when she has a, like the thing she needs to say, but it's other people's turn, she can write the thing down. I carry and then around a carry small on. notebook. He's a notebook. Right, right, He's right. a notebook. Yes. He's a notebook yes. for the yes. thoughts. And then he can like put them. I'm like, I'm like, honey, it's a tweet. It's not a conversation. It's a tweet. <laughs> and just be like, put it out there. And it's but like actually though, when you talk about the 11 year old, I was I always want to ask Abby like, had you had experience parenting at all before you and Glennon got together? Because you have two kids or three. We have three. Three, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I mean, my God, children just show up all of a sudden, and now you have to, like, parent them. Like, it's what? the mom. It's yeah. the mom is what I called it. I have 20-something nieces and nephews. Oh, okay. Um, so I have experience with children, but not in parenting. That is a different ballgame altogether. <laughs> um, and what's been so unique about this is uh, their dad, Glennon's ex, Craig, um, he gave me one of the best gifts that a person can give. And he gave the, these children permission to love me, right? With the way that he acted, yeah. with the way that he responded to the divorce. And um, that has allowed me to step into what is oftentimes a much more difficult situation to create the relationships with these children that there are times when <clears throat> I cannot believe that I did not birth them on myself. <laughs> Yeah, the amount of love and patience it takes, and frustration you feel, <laughs> and confusion, and the amount of questions you get asked is unbearable. <laughs> it is one word to describe parenting: unfreaking bearable. It's unbearable, yeah. but yeah. you somehow do it. Like you go to sleep and you wake up, and it feels unbearable the next day, but you are able to do it. 
I don't know how. I know. I don't know how parents continue to eat there. I don't know why. Why? Why do we do this? It is insane. It is. The same question. And in war, you guys. Oh, forget it. The amount of togetherness. The amount of... I've just given up answering questions. You, did, have I you know, noticed? You did this morning. You said, Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> because, you know, they're holding their phones, like, in their hands, and they're like, what time is it? Yeah. And I'm like, you have a phone in your hand that shows you the time. It's above all of your Snapchats and stuff. It's right they got there. That, they got that from me. I'm like... I have spent my entire life depending on the kindness of strangers. I, just, I, walk, I walk into grocery stores. I'm like, where can someone help me? Where's the peanut butter? Like, so they did get that from me. Yes. Well, but I'm like, never going to say that because I'm a good spouse. Right. right. <laughs> but I feel like, I guess I wonder because I've always found changing, found, not a parent at all. I imagine changing and being a parent to be in opposition because you have to, I imagine you have to in some way be this like steady rock for kids, right? And give them this sense of everything's okay and we're gonna do it. And so I, like for instance, I don't, I've never wanted to be a parent because I think I'm like a little too um, unstable. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, think, I, I don't know. I mean, Naomi, I think that the one beautiful thing that Glennon has taught me about that is too many parents, I think, raise their children to be non-human, right? Like we are ever-changing and we are constantly talking about the things that we're working on and the, the inner worlds that we're trying to solve and the questions that we're trying to solve on a daily basis. And so our kids literally see us change all the time because we're talking about it and we're experiencing it. And so we're actually teaching them how to be human because mm. stability is false. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just is. Like, there are no stable people. And, mm. and being the seekers that we are about creating the most beautiful and true life that we can imagine, I think that we are teaching our kids that they don't have to be steady state. Um, mm. they, don't, they don't have to have the same experience every day. Yes, routine is good. We thrive in routine. And, and that is, in, in many ways, something we teach them. But one of the strongest elements I think of this family is that like evolving and getting better and learning and teaching and, and growing is part of this family. Yeah. And I feel like that idea is just another lane that like somebody showed you that was like, this is what a mother looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. This, a mother pretends like, like, you know, and I bought that for the first kid and the first, you know, <laughs> Oh yes, yes. God is real. And heaven is real. After we die, we go to heaven. What's heaven? I don't know. Just, just believe me. And like, you know, everything will be fine. And mommy and daddy will never get divorced. And like, oh, and where's your fish? I don't know. It's in heaven. Like all the things like Santa Claus. Yes. Santa Claus. Yes. Like what was that that I swore to God to them for 12 years that that was true? Like just all the lies and lies and lies. Right. Like, so, um, you know, I just, I, I feel not that, 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 that is not important anymore. Yeah. You know, that, that providing some idea that a mother is someone who is, has hidden her, her fear and her, mm-hmm. um, ambition and her weirdness and her, you know, all of that. I don't believe that anymore at all. Mm-hmm. I think that they, what we are doing is raising people who are like on this train bound for humanness, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> no matter what we do, no matter perfect, we present ourselves they are going to in fact be human and if we yeah. haven't shown them how to actually be human 
then they're going to wake up one day and feel like we all feel, which is that we're doing it wrong. Mm. Because our parents never showed us what the full spectrum of humanity looks like. Because we all felt like we were supposed to be in this little lane. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... That's real. Mm-hmm. So I just don't. Okay, think okay. There are three white children that I have hope for, <laughs> and they're in your house. The only good thing, your house to me is like the one good thing in Florida. I just imagine. <laughs> I just stay in the house, honey. I come over. I'm gonna fly in. I'm gonna stay in the house. I'm not gonna if go. If it anywhere. makes you feel any better, Amy, our kids are actually Japanese. They're half Japanese, so they oh. are. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're okay. white. Yeah, okay. white. So only two of us are white. Okay, as it okay as it should be. Uh huh. Right. Uh huh. You're outnumbered. Okay. It is. But it is interesting that like there is this. I I feel like as a culture we are going through this kind of like. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I don't know why. But, uh, with, uh, yeah, I don't know what's happening. In I don't know what's happening. One day we don't talk about politics on the show, so I won't go into why. But I I think as a culture we're going through this spasm of this kind of like. Of this realization, there are these forces that are like, no, we have to follow the script. We have to go on the path. That, the one path that's been written for us, that's been uh, dug out. What do you do with a path? You build a path? You lay a path. You lay a path. You lay a path. Uh, and where and the rest of us are realizing, oh wait, that path is meaningless. That path, there's like it's like very drained of whether you are someone of faith or someone who is just uh, seeking something larger, right? Whether it's a religious, mm-hmm, thing or not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there is something that's been drained out of all of our lives, and we're trying to recapture that. We don't know what the next thing is, but we know that it's missing. Yeah, and uh, uh, I do think um, it's. I, th- I think it's interesting about you guys that you both that the moment of of you coming into yourselves was kind of like that moment of finding that there is the this larger something mm-hmm. out there and then just like trying to f- write what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally write it. You know? Literally, Literally write it. Write Literally it. But write then also it. writing it for yourselves. I mean, it's mm-hmm. too good. Um, you know, I'm just going to take a, t- a hard, hard turn. Abby, <laughs> um, how? <laughs> Henny. I've I've gained the COVID-19, all right? Uh, I'm in this pandemic, honey, and I don't know what to do with myself. You know, and you, t- you mentioned earlier, and it's stuck in my craw, uh, my brain craw. You were running this morning, you know, and obviously you've been exercising, you've been active, you've been an athlete since you were like three. But have you ever worked with anybody who just really can't, can't move their body? Yeah. Uh, what would you say the Are first you step to get free is? training? Of course I am. <laughs> You're telling me I'm having a conversation with a goddamn Olympian and I'm not going to get a hot tip? (laughs) I need a hot tip app. I think one of the most important things to know about me um, from this perspective and this question is I don't think you even – I bet you that I dislike working out more than you. I remember you said you didn't like it and that really made me feel good. Listen to me. Every single day. Really? I can't understand why – this Olympian who ran thousands of miles throughout her career has to do this. I, d- didn't this body build up enough goodwill to not have to do anything ever again? That's what I kind of thought. Yeah. And two years into my retirement, um, I just didn't feel that great. And my body didn't feel that great. And so I decided I was going to start working out again. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, those early days were some of my darkest. <laughs> they were. She was so sad. I was so upset. I couldn't believe how hard it was. Mm-hmm. And I promised myself one thing, and this was for the first year, that I was going to do something that I would move my body for 30 minutes, no matter what that movement was. If it was walking, it was walking. If it was jogging, if it was jogging. And it was, that was true. Like we would be in airports and you'd be like, well, I walked for the half hour. Like I, I walked in the airport. It was just Mm -hmm. moving. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of what I have come to understand is what it does is not even mostly for the way that my body feels. It's for the way that my spirit feels about myself because Truly, it's mm-hmm. the hardest thing that I have to do during the day and is the thing that gives me the most self-esteem out of anything that I can accomplish in a single day. Mm-hmm. So be, knowing that and then applying that are two totally different things. So trying to create very small at first goals um, about what it means, right? And, and, and how to get there, right? So go on a walk, right? And so yeah. commit. To... And your your goals were never outcome based, which I think is so important. It wasn't yeah. like I'm going to lose. No, you, right. I mean, you wanted to lose, <clears throat> but you were never like I'm going to lose this. I'm going to. It was no. always like Go on a walk. I'm going to move. Go on a walk for thirty days, right? Mm-hmm. So for, mm-hmm. for thirty days, promise yourself you're going to do something, some movement for thirty minutes every day. Give yourself one day off a week. So that could be yoga in your in your living room. That mm-hmm. could be going for a thirty minute walk outside. And then after the next month, after that month. You reevaluate. Could I increase my speed to a speed walk? Could I increase my my speed to a, a, a very slow jog? Plus, the internet <clears throat> needs a freaking video of Naomi speed walking. I mean, come on, <laughs> just for that. Because just for that. what's happened, Naomi, is over quarantine, <laughs> you and millions of people, right, have talked themselves into it. This is the the narrative you have in your mind. I have not been able to do anything, and I have gained some weight. You called it the core nineteen. The COVID nineteen, which is really <clears throat> funny. Yeah, COVID nineteen. You've got to get your nineteen in. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Um, <laughs> But the truth is, and, and this is a hard truth for a lot of people to really hear, um, you had 30 minutes every day. Oh, God, yeah. you're shaming now. No, I'm, no, no, I'm no, 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 totally. In yeah, your yeah, mind, yeah. in your mind, we've got to, we have to reevaluate how we're, we're spending our day. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. To go on a 30 minute walk, we, we can all do that. Yeah. We yeah. can. And I'm yeah, sorry yeah. if that felt like a shame. Oh, God, not, no, it didn't. No, no, it didn't at all. No, no, it did not. It felt a shame at all. I mean, it's going to give me a talking to after the show. <laughs> no, it didn't. No, no, no. I'm trying to smush her thigh with my thigh. <laughs> no, it didn't. And it's also like, because I think in a way, though, it's like when it comes to all that kind of stuff, you can't say anything to shame me that I'm not already shaming myself, right? right. Which is exactly right. what you're saying when you're like, oh, it makes me feel the best about me. Because I think that's where I'm at. I'm at this point where I'm like, I am so over hating my body. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, I'm done with this, which means, okay, now I'm, I'm ready to like actually do it. Because you kind of, sometimes you have to feel like, I had a friend who would always say to me, he's like, when you, when you feel bad, you'll change. You know, when you feel mm-hmm. bad enough. When it feels bad enough, you'll fix it. Right. When the inside of your brain is screaming at you. Yeah. Please. Like when I'm sitting on the couch for too long and my brain's just get the fuck up. Just get yeah. up. Get <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, all right. Right. And I think that's where I'm at with it. So that's why I'm like, uh-huh. You're, I'm, like, I'm like, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. It's like, 
got 30 minutes and I need to, you know, I was always using the fact that, I mean, and also it's the same thing though in Florida. I'm like, LA is so fucking hot. And it was like on fire and stuff where I was like, I can't get out during the day. But honey, we've got that nice dusk time, you know? 6 p.m. is the time now. I can't, I can't make any excuse. And you can do it. It's just a matter of training your brain again. Like for me, it took a while, right? I was complaining a lot. It was hard. Um, and I have gotten myself into a place where I hate it still, but I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm only doing it because I want to feel good about myself. Yeah. And I want yes. my body to go along, but I want to feel good about myself. Yes. And that yes. is for me what has helped. And also, Naomi, you can't do it at <clears throat> dusk. You cannot do the thing that you least want to do in the day at, at the, the end. end of the day. Mm. Then oh. it ruins your life. Because but, then you, but, but then that means I will have to wake up early? No, you don't have to wake up early. You just have to do it first. Because if, yeah. you, if, you're, if you're spending <sighs> your whole day dreading the thing, then every day sucks. So you got to do the worst thing head. first. <laughs> do the worst thing first. The worst thing first thing. Yes. Worst thing first thing, yes. It's called eat the frog. Eat yes. the frog. Yes, 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 <laughs> eat yes, the yes. frog. If, yeah. there's, if there's been one theme... Throughout this entire conversation, it is the struggle against inertia. Yes. Ooh, Andy, pulling out themes. Look Tell me at more. You. Tell me more. Uh, I have an advanced degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> advanced degree. Explain. Explain that to me. Break it down. Every whether it's existential inertia, whether it is um, aerobic inertia, whatever. Like this, this we all get stuck in these states, right? And we, whether it is because we think that that's what we're supposed to be in or because like, it's like very comfy on that couch and, yeah. or because it's too hard. Los Angeles is full of like broken glass and, <laughs> uh, you know, broken down strip malls everywhere. And you're just like, whatever that inertia is, you get stuck in it and the struggle, like life in some way, not to get too philosophical, but it is like struggling against that inertia. Right. Right. Yeah. And, to live and, is to fight. To live is to struggle against, against that inertia and to like, even if you don't ever get there, it's it's the struggle. Right. It's, the struggle is the thing. Glennon <laughs> would tell me if you can shrink the time between doing the thing that you know to do, don't sit. You're better at it. Between the knowing and the doing. Yeah. Like when yeah. you know you have to do the thing. Yes. You, because the the, the 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 space between the knowing and the doing is misery. Yes. Right? Yes. And we all push that space as long as possible, which is why we're all miserable. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's like the moment on the couch, like, I got to get up. And then you're just miserable for the next three hours because you don't oh, get up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, that's like real. Or like any writing. Or like any writing work oh, right. where I'm like, Forget oh, it. I need to do this. I know I'm Forget supposed to do it. it. I feel like shit. And then when I finally sit down and do it, like it's true, the happiest I ever am, and maybe this is another version of relief, when I actually finish the writing, even if it's like the draft one, just the act of doing it, I'm like, yeah, baby, we got this life. And it's like... And how long did you spend? I mean, I will spend hours crafting emails to people Mm. explaining to them why I can't write the thing that they want me to write. But it will take me hours to write the email... That's getting me out. It would have been easier for me just to write the thing. Right. 
Oh my god, I'm nodding my head so violently that I could break my neck. Yes. <laughs> She's like, yes, yes. Well, yes. I'm watching, and it's so interesting because I have been a procrastinator, and watching Glennon live for the last four and a half years, I watch her do the thing first. Do it and shrinking that time between the knowing and the doing. And I've seen it, and I've seen how happy it makes her. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, for a long time, I'm like, God, I wish I could do that. <laughs> and then I just started doing it where I would shrink the time and I work out in the morning. Now life is weird, but I'm happier. I'm telling you, I'm happier. And it's so good with like even people when you're, when you're talking to someone and you just don't like what they're saying and you don't like their vibe. And in your head, you're like, I don't like this, mm-hmm. but it's like, we're used to not, I mean, how great is it? I'm just always like, I don't like this. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't like what you're saying. <laughs> It's, it's, you guys, I'm telling you. It works. It it works. It's awkward and, yes, it's awkward and weird. But then you make this weird progress that never happens when you are allergic to making anything awkward. She says the thing that no, that everybody thinks, but nobody says. So it makes them, it might make a moment awkward, but then it makes the entirety of whatever you're doing so much better. And unboring. And and unboring. Oh. Yes, yes, right? yes. Because, because the conversation is another lane. Oh, we're not we're supposed to say this. We're not supposed to say that. We're not supposed yeah. to say we don't like something. We're not supposed to say we don't like someone. We're not supposed to. But then all of a sudden you just poo, poo, poo. <laughs> just start saying <laughs> the things. And then things get interesting. I love your noise. Noise is just Poo, poo, poo. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. I, it was from like a chipmunk's movie. Poo, poo, poo. <laughs> Oh my God, Andy! Don't you just love this love? Yeah, look at me. I uh, I know I, you're happy. I have my head. <laughs> I can see your, your hand on your. T- yeah, when he puts his hand under his chin, he's like taking yeah. it in. It's him just Aww. being like, "I'm taking mm. it in." You know, mm. so sweet. Uh, Abby and Glennon, thank you so much for coming and talking to us, sharing Anytime. some love, love and light and hot tips. We just adore you, Andy. I am so excited to meet you. I knew you had to be incredible because of, well, uh-huh. because of your podcast and also because of who Naomi is. Uh-huh. But oh. in person, it's just uh-huh. even more delightful than I thought uh-huh. it would be. Uh-huh. Oh, delightful. you. Yeah, we're high. We have high expectations <laughs> yeah. for anybody that is going to be partnered with Naomi. And you Thank have you met so them much. and exceeded them. <laughs> well done. Wow, wow, wow. And uh, I don't know how to take good feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! You we guys. love you guys so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. You guys, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.